Hey, hey there, my homeschool mom friend. I am so glad you're here. And today's episode is a very much requested episode. And we are going to talk about de-schooling. Let's start here with the definition. Let's then back it up a little bit and let's talk about the prefix D, D-E, because we're homeschool moms and we can sometimes be a little bit of grammar and spelling snobs. But D, the prefix D, what that means is from, away, or out of. So when we put the D in front of schooling, we mean from, away, out of schooling. And I want to clarify this before we get in a bit more deeply here. The difference between de-schooling and unschooling, because I hear a lot of people use those words, and I think oftentimes, so they'll say, I guess most of the time, I hear them say unschooling, and they really mean de-schooling. So unschooling is a style of homeschooling, and I can drop a link in the show notes where I go into depth about that style of homeschooling. So that is different. De-schooling is the process that we take to move away from schooling and towards home education. It is a time of detox, I like to say away from school. And this change, this moving away from school, it might be you and your family moving actually away from school. Or maybe you've been homeschooling and this is a way of you just moving your mindset of your homeschool away from schooling at home. In today's episode, I'm going to explain what de-schooling is and why you need to do this. And I promise and assure you, that this is not a waste of time to de-school. So listen to this episode, and then we're going to talk about how you're going to apply it to your life and make some really huge changes in your home education. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, homeschool mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. Let's start off with what is de-schooling. This is a period of time to get the schooling mentality out of us. How long is this period of time? It really, there is no, I wish I could tell you, and I know you want me to tell you, oh, this will only take two days. This will take five days. This will take 21 days. This will take six months. I can't tell you that. Everybody's situation is unique. I know. You're a little like, ah, I was hoping you would tell me and give me a very specific timeline, but it really is something that you just kind of have to work through. And we'll get into this a little bit here soon, but it's also something that you have to keep coming back to. It's a process that can take a lifetime, I think, for those of us who have been really ingrained into thinking that schooling is always synonymous with education and that schooling is the only or best or right way in order to educate children. So de-schooling is a period of time to get the schooling mentality of us. Now, this doesn't mean that we have to pull everything out. It doesn't, I'm not going to tell you that you can't use any workbooks or any textbooks. And there are some amazing homeschool moms out there who use zero textbooks, zero workbooks, and they're going to tell you that it's the best thing ever for their family. And I 100% agree. It is the best thing for their family, and it could be the best thing for your family too. 
We just need to learn to lean into and to trust our gut, our intuition as homeschool moms. And if that's the course that you should take, then that's the course you should take. But I'm not going to tell you that, no, you can never use a workbook. You can never use a textbook. And some people do come out and actually say that. And that works for them because they're coming from it from their point of view. And so we shouldn't completely shut them out. I just like to right here, and I've been told that many of you appreciate that I just try to present to you lots of information because really you are the only one who really truly knows what is best for your family. And sometimes we can doubt that, but we got to dig a little bit deeper and keep digging a little bit deeper and you'll find exactly what that is. So again, I'm not going to say no workbooks, no textbooks, no formal curriculum or anything like that. Only you can decide what place every little bit of homeschool plays in your family. What does it look like in your home and to what extent? Now, when I started homeschooling, it was many, many years ago. (laughs) It was 13 years ago. And I started homeschooling with only one model of education in my mind. And that was school. I had spent a large portion of my life in school. And I had no, like literally no idea that education could occur in any other way besides in school. I am so excited because you, you are in this age of so much information. I know that it can be overloading. (laughs) There can be so much information out there. However, you have this information at your fingertips and you get to decide what are you going to do with it. I didn't have this. and, And that's not to say that it wasn't out there. There just wasn't the internet what it is right now. And we were on such a budget. I couldn't necessarily go out and buy all the homeschool books and I could just get what was at my library. I didn't know that I could actually request that they purchase books. Did you know that? If you didn't, now you know. If there's certain books you want in your library, you can request that they purchase them and that they have them on loan for other parents and other people to actually use them and to read them. And so that's a good little plug for if you want to add a bigger section of homeschool books into your local library. Okay, so back to my story here. I had no idea, and I'm so excited that you get to explore this fact, the truth, that schooling is not the only way that education occurs. You are just going to be so much further in your journey, and I'm just, I'm so thrilled. Now, I felt like after a year or so, I kind of started feeling like things were a little off. I was like, it doesn't sit right, and I don't think that I need to make my kids sit at a desk or at a table for hours on end. It just, it just isn't practical. (laughs) It's not working very well, especially for some of my kids. And I felt like things were off. And I began a shift on my own with no resources of just how that could look. And again, you have so many resources and I'm so thrilled for you that you can make this shift so much faster, but still there's going to be that doubt. I know there's that doubt still nagging in your mind. But for me then, when 2020 hit, Wow, my eyes were really open to a whole new world, a new way of educating children. And my kids were older. I had some teens. My daughter graduated from homeschool in 2021. So we were going into her senior year. And I was like, hmm, things could be different. And I look back now, I'm like, oh, maybe I feel a little little bad. But I actually don't because I just kind of like threw open the gates, the doors, and pull back the curtain, whatever you want, however you want to describe it. And her senior year was so amazing. And it doesn't mean that I lost that time. We were moving towards this, and it was just kind of a sudden push. And then 
with my next kiddo who graduated then in 2022. And I just was able to really kind of launch him and really kind of shift and and give him such other areas of education that I didn't really think that I could or that I should because it didn't fit into the box. And now with my youngest, I'm like, okay, we are all bets are off. And we are having a blast with really, um, I guess I would just say honing in on his education and just having a lot of fun with it and thinking outside of the box in some really big ways. And I love it. It's we're having a really good time. And it's just a lot of fun. So it's never too late. No matter the ages of your kids, just know that this de-schooling is never too late. Now that we have talked about what de-schooling is, let's now talk about the second part of this is why. You might have a little bit of an inkling, but I've got five different points here that I just want to make really quickly here and to get your mind thinking and to hopefully get you evaluating. Have you really de-schooled? And if you have not, then yeah, let's start today. <laughs> so number one is I want you to remember that education is meant to be lifelong. The experiment of government schooling is only a little over 100 years old, and we are, because we've grown up with this, and our parents have grown up with this, there's been a few generations that this is the only way and only model, and we don't have a very close connection to a couple of generations ago. There wasn't a lot of information. There weren't we, we don't have many pictures. We don't have many writings. And there are in general, but like what I'm talking about is for you specific, like your great, great, great grandparents. You don't have necessarily probably a lot of information about them, maybe a photo here or there, some stories, but not a lot. So this idea that education can occur outside of a cinder block building with kids of the same ages in rooms being taught all the same thing in the same manner, we've lost the fact that that doesn't have to be the only way education can occur. And when it comes to the schooling system, I'm going to say something here, and it's going to sound a little bit harsh, but I think if you do a little bit of deep diving, you're going to see that it's true. The school system that we see, what we see going on right now in the news, and I don't even really watch the news much. I don't pay much attention to it, but I know enough. It is not failing. It is doing exactly what it was set up to do. When you study the history of the school system and where it came from, hint, Prussia, and you will start to see that what the focus, what the reason is, we'll just say that certain very large families that we still know the names of now, very prominent families will say, going back to the early 1900s that got their hands into a couple of different systems and are really, really, I don't know if I want to say hands, maybe tentacles, into a couple of different systems and have really pushed and corrupted those and made it so that we, the school system is basically churning out worker bees. And I know that sounds harsh a bit and it's, it's hard to say and it's hard to hear because we have a lot of people that we know that are in school and we can see the downside to it and we can see the upside to actually really allowing a child to blossom. And so education is meant to be lifelong. It's not supposed to be kindergarten through 12th grade and then four years of college and then maybe going on. How many times have you met somebody who they graduate high school and you're like, oh, what are your plans? Oh, I'm going to college because they don't have any other plans. And that was me. 
that was a me. I'm over here raising my hand, so I'm not pointing at anybody, but I'm pointing at myself as well. When a lot of kids graduate high school, they just are going on to college because that's just the natural next step. Now, think to yourself, how many that have you run into or how many stories have you heard of college students going on maybe for a second major or going on to higher education? And this doesn't mean that college is completely obsolete for everybody and it's not necessary for, for certain careers. It is. So, but there are many careers that it's not. And so we shouldn't just push kids into it. Now I'm going on to a rabbit trail and I have some other episodes that are about this. But what I really want you to take away from this first point is that education is meant to be lifelong. We start off as newborn babies and you begin to learn and then you just continue to learn all of your life. Nobody says to you when you are 35 years old, how do you know how to do whatever it is? Maybe it's to bake a cake or maybe it is to make a candle or maybe it is how to properly clean windows. I don't know. I'm thinking of some crazy stuff here. But Nobody asks you when you learn that. It's just something that we continue to learn and we should learn. And I just tend to see that schooling puts education in a box of a certain amount of years and then we're done unless maybe you get a job and then you're required to do that. Let's jump into number two reason why to de-school is that putting kids in boxes, literally like buildings or metaphorically is we don't get to see the full scope of their natural talents and gifts and abilities. I did an entire episode, episode 185, if you want to listen to how to really bring out your child's natural gifts, talents, and abilities. you want to listen to that one. I'll link it in the show notes as well. But when we put kids into boxes and we say, this is how you have to learn by sitting at a desk and listening to a teacher lecture, and you have to catch on to the information as soon as they give it to you, and then you have to regurgitate it and put it onto a test. What if there's a child who doesn't learn like that? Hmm. Well, you probably have some of those kids in your house, right? <laughs> that that is not exactly how they learn. And so by putting kids into boxes, we don't get to see them really blossom. And when we allow education to take place a bit more naturally, and we get to see how our environment starts to play into our education, and we really allow our kids to grow into who God has created for them, you're just going to see it so much more. And so this does not mean that a child in school will not be able to lean into their natural gifts, talents, and abilities. But I really feel in my gut, and I've seen it firsthand, especially with my kids, that they have just really leaned into it. And it took me until maybe my 30s to really acknowledge what my natural gifts, talents, and abilities are. And I found that by giving them time, that they can just be themselves and to explore the world and their creativity and what they're interested in, they are years and years ahead of me. And that's just been a beautiful thing. And I was purposeful in that. You're all listen to episode 185 to hear more about that. So why should we de-school? So we can pull those kids out of those boxes, whether it's literally as in a building or metaphorically into a box of how they have to learn. And de-schooling allows us to be able to open up different paths and ways of learning and education. The third point I want to make is that your family needs time to be a family. We aren't meant to be separated out all day. Now, yes, we're going to add a little caveat here, a PS. Yes, oftentimes there is one or two people 
who need to work outside of the home in order to provide for the family, that is just, that's a result of the Industrial Revolution. That is how we live right now. We need to come to terms with that, the fact that we can't all be home all of the time. And so we do the best that we can within these years that God has given us here on earth, and we get to create our family and our family culture. And a family needs time to be a family. We just are not meant to be fractured. A small child is not meant to be taken from their mother and to be away from them for six, seven, eight hours a day. It's just not, it's not natural. And you'll start to see that it's not natural by behavior, maybe crying and maybe anxiety, or maybe a lot of kids, well, probably most kids just kind of come to accept it. And this is just the way it is. They might start off with a lot of tears and really sad and upset. But then as you do it day in and day out, you're like, well, this is just what life is, is that I have to go away from my mom for most of the day for 180 days out of the year. And so family, when we de-school, we allow our family to be a family. And your family is beautiful and it's unique and it's different than any other family. And just the dynamics are exactly how God has brought you all together. And so leaning into taking our mindset away from education of having to do it like school and doing it a different way really allows everybody in the family to grow and to blossom. The fourth part that I want to mention here is that you and dad, your husband, you probably need the most de-schooling out of everybody. Maybe you have older children, so that would be a disclaimer if you have older children that have been in public or private school, but if they haven't been all the way through, they still don't need as much de-schooling as you. There's also the part that you as the parent are really worried that if they're not in school, they're going to miss something and they're going to not be set up for success. They're going to not get a good job. They're not going to they're not going to be able to do things in life. And so it can be hard for us as the parents to acknowledge what is holding us back from de-schooling and leaning into the educational style that fits exactly right for our own each individual family. But remember, when we lean into hard things, when we acknowledge things that are holding us back, when we acknowledge downfalls and when we acknowledge areas that we don't want to, we are stronger on the other side. So by sitting down and actually having a conversation with your husband about this de-schooling and having regular conversations, keep coming back to it and being like, oh, I caught myself doing this or thinking this or saying this. And you guys can be accountable to one another and work through this together. You and your marriage are going to be stronger on the other side. And the fact that you acknowledge maybe some areas that you've not acknowledged, not really dug into, will get you stronger on the other side. Now, I'm going to tell you this because I have found this for my own very self, and it's probably true for you too. You're going to find yourself, well, I know it's true because a lot of the moms that I work with, well, all the moms I work with in Clarify or Homeschool, this is something that's just resounding of, yes, I'm struggling with this again and again and again. And I'm like, it's okay. We all struggle with this. But you're going to find yourself backsliding. You're going to say, I am on the other side of de-schooling. And you're going to find yourself in a few months. And if not a few months, then a few months after that. If not then, at least maybe a year later, but it could be even just a couple of days, a couple of weeks, and you'll find yourself backsliding and thinking, oh no, 
I, I didn't teach them this in the proper way. I didn't use worksheets. I didn't use flashcards. I actually missed teaching them some things. And you'll find yourself backsliding and say, oh, no, maybe if they were in school, it would be better. It's okay. You're completely normal. What is going to happen is that you will find yourself catching yourself often thinking, oh, I can't just teach them science through nature and going outside and doing experiments and allowing them to maybe, you know, in high school, really lean into just only a couple of areas that they are super interested in. You'll say, well, I can't, I can't do that. And you're going to keep backsliding and maybe holding yourself back. I'm going to encourage you to push through because guess what happens? You are teaching your kids a new way of learning, a new way of approaching education. And you know what happens? They then get to teach their kids, your grandchildren, a new way of education. And then guess what? Your grandchildren get to teach your great-grandchildren. And each generation is going to lose a bit more of this school mentality. The de-schooling is going to continue to pass down. So this is the generational ripple effect of this decision that you have made to homeschool. This is where it's going to go. And to me, that is really exciting. And if you have older kids, talk to them regularly about this. Just say, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little nervous. Like, you're saying you don't want to go to college, so why do we need to take the SATs? And I'm scared that if I don't have you take the SATs, have conversations and talk to them about it. Maybe you guys will decide that just in case you'll have them take the SATs. But ha- let them, especially teens, let them have a part of that conversation with you and admit to them where you're struggling because they're going to remember that down the road. And if they're going to struggle less than you are, their children are going to struggle even less. And those children, next children are going to struggle even less. How cool is that, right? Isn't that really neat to think about? Okay, last thing I want to mention before we close out this episode is that homeschool can only reach your full potential if you de-school. That sounds pretty like pretty much of a brazen sentence there to say. But if you want your homeschool to reach its full potential, you have to de-school. There is a full potential out there, and everybody's full potential for their homeschool is going to look slightly different, but it'll reach that full potential if you de-school. And in Clarify Your Homeschool, we come up with a specific plan for your de-schooling, and I am right there to help support you and encourage you and walk alongside you. So what do you think about all this de-schooling stuff? Are you like, yeah, I hope you're pumped up. I'm pumped up now. <laughs> I'm pumped up just from doing this episode. And I want to thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have not already, I would be so thrilled if you could leave a review. I actually want to read you a recent review, and this is from La Bamba Boxfit. And she says, as a mom in her second year of homeschooling, I absolutely love this podcast. So helpful and encouraging to me as a mother and many great tips to implement as well. Thank you for the great content. Well, thank you. That's so sweet. I so appreciate it. If you leave me a review, I might read it here on the podcast. So go ahead on your favorite podcast app, scroll down probably, I know at least on Apple you can, and go ahead and leave a review. If you are on YouTube, I've actually been putting the audio for these on YouTube, you can go ahead and leave a comment. That would actually really help. That'll help bump it up. And you can obviously always share these episodes with a friend too. So thank you so much for listening to this. I am excited for you to de-school and take your homeschool to just levels that you never even thought was possible. 
Have a good day, friend. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.